and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Last week on Easter, we talked about the victory of Jesus, and I thought it would be just, we're doing two messages on this victory theme, and I thought it would be appropriate for us today to talk about the ongoing victory of Jesus. So it's not just in the past, but it's going to keep on going. So let's read this awesome Bible verse together. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So again, last week it was Resurrection Sunday, and we told the victory story. And the victory story goes like this. It starts not with us, but with the love of God. That's the victory story from before creation, the love of God, and then the loss that we experienced in the garden and the choice that we've all made to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, to make ourselves the center, the independent source of life, and it just doesn't work, but that's the loss. And then we talked about the victory, the victory of Jesus Christ over sin, over death, and over the devil. And it's good news for every, every single, I almost said ever, ever, I guess that would be kind of Texan, ever single, every single one of us. It's kind of strange to process stuff like that. When you're up here, but happens sometimes. If you're visiting with us, you're going, this is weird. Does he do stuff like this all the time? But uh, a lot. Um, but uh, so this is kind of what it looks like. There's this, this uh, I almost said old guy. He's a theologian in the 50s. His name's Oscar Coleman, And he had this to say about the victory of Jesus. It's kind of like D-Day. So when you're in the 50s, you have illustrations about the 40s. Stuff like that. And so uh, he, he said it's kind of like D-Day. So Jesus won the victory, and it's kind of like the, the allies landing at Normandy Beach. They crossed the English Channel. They land at Normandy Beach. And the war wasn't over yet. It wouldn't be over for another year. But it had basically been assured at that point. It was like the, the war was done, but there were still battles to fight along the way. And that's kind of what the Christian life's like. Jesus Christ has won the victory, but we've still got battles to fight along the way. Our minds being renewed, our emotions being healed from the stuff of the past, getting rid of sin stuff that needs to go, embracing him with all of our hearts. You know what I'm talking about? So that's kind of that's the life. And that's what uh, the Lord is calling us to, not just a one-time thing that happened in the past, but an ongoing victory in life and so that we really are walking in victory over sin, walking in victory over the fear of death, walking in victory over Satan and his attacks and his schemes in our lives. And who doesn't want to be in on that? You know, I think the power of testimony is something that we all need. We all like hearing like, okay, that's a story. And uh, it was interesting, Jackson, how old's Jackson? Somebody know? He's 11. So Jackson's 11 years old, and he stands up, and his, and his dad goes, hey, would you like to give your testimony? And he, he just te- he says, I was, you know, I disobeyed my parents, and I asked, God, I didn't even believe God is real, and I said, God, are you, you know, can you help me through this? And he did, and, and then four days later, I put my trust in Jesus. I was like, that's a testimony. It's where I was at. 
This is what happened. This is what God did in my life. And there he was. It was awesome. And, you know, we need the testimony of other people that have gone before us, that have learned how to walk the victorious life, right? There was, uh, anybody ever heard of Hudson Taylor? So Hudson Taylor was this famous missionary to China. When he was five years old, he was, they would do family worship. This is where we got the idea of doing family devotions was from reading about missionaries and their, what their families were like, what their family life was like. And so uh, Hudson Taylor, he's five years old. He's in his family living room. They're worshiping. And he believes that the Lord speaks to him that he was going to be a missionary to China. This is like early 1800s, not real popular kind of destination. There weren't a lot of missionaries in general. And, you know, so he hears China, he grows up and becomes a really famous missionary to China, starts the China Inland Mission. They had been just kind of reaching the coast, and his vision was to take the gospel inland, the China Inland Mission. And, I mean, the thing explodes. It takes off, and he's a Christian. He knows the Lord, but he'd gotten so under all of the responsibilities that he had. He was 37 years old by this time, and uh, it was just heavy. I mean, people would die sometimes. There was persecution in different ways, you know, and he was writing all these letters all the time, and he just felt like there wasn't joy in his life. And so he had this missionary friend, McGregor or McGrary, we'll call it a Mech, something. It's, it's, it is some, one of those, I think. And, uh, and uh, this guy has this experience with the Lord. It's just a John 15 kind of thing where he puts his faith that he's going to abide in the Lord. And he comes to Hudson and he's, he's blown away. He's going, you won't believe what God did in my life. It's like rivers of living water are flowing out of my heart and my life. And Hudson said, I, I want to do that. He said, put your faith in Jesus in a fresh way today and experience this new life. And Hudson does that. And what Hudson ends up calling that, he said his life was changed from that day. He was already Christian. And that's why some of us, we need to hear this word. He said, we're walking with the Lord. If you ever like get under it and you've just had a season where you're just kind of frumpy, cranky, grumbly, not like, is this, is this the, whoo, is this the, is this the life, you know? And uh, so Hudson, he, he ends up calling that the exchanged life. It's when the exchange that we talked about last week became real to him. Not just faith in Jesus, he saved me from my sins, but I'm living by his life now. Rivers of living water, abiding in Jesus Christ, fruit flowing. And from that day on, he walked in a joy until the day he died that was unlike what he'd experienced before in his life. We need, we need stories like that because there's more. There's more for anyone here that needs to know that there's more to this ongoing victory in Jesus Christ. There is more. Putting our faith in Jesus is a peace, but there's, there's more. In the New Testament, uh, the, the, the scriptures talk about we've been saved in the past. It's like what Jesus did for us on the cross. It was like, that's a reality that's available to us but then we're being saved in the present. It's where we're by faith applying the salvation of Jesus to our lives. And we're walking that out more and more and more. And then we will be saved. So it's been saved, being saved, and will be saved. Anybody ever heard this before? It's not just something that happened and now we're just kind of sitting around waiting. Uh, this is the Christian life, huh? Like there's more. 
There's more. And so we engage actively to experience this life in his presence and worship and prayer and consecration and submission and surrender and, and having our minds renewed and having our hearts renewed. All that. All that is what we want in on. So it's been saved, being saved, will be saved. 1 Corinthians 1.30 kind of gets it a little bit where it says, it is because of the Father is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness. That's where we get started. He declares us right. Our holiness. This is the journey of life. Our sanctification where we're living this thing out on a day in and day out basis. And our redemption. He's coming again. He's going to redeem those who are his to the praise of his glory. I feel like I'm starting to preach. Romans 13, 11, it's a kind of similar verse, but this challenges us, and I want us to be challenged by this. When Paul says in Romans 13, 11, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So again, it's not a like, don't be assured, totally assured, Jesus Christ has done it all. He's, he's done the whole thing. He has Won the victory. But then there's this walking this thing out that he's calling us to. And here's the main thing I'm trying to say. Put it in one soundbite. God wants us to put our faith in the faithfulness of Jesus so that we can know and express his victory in life. You know, it really helps us, you guys, when we think about this Christian journey as as a journey. It's not just a a point in time, it's, it's Jesus saying, come follow me and keep on following me and keep on following me and keep on following me. every single day. Follow me all the time. Follow me. Be a follower. We grow. We learn. We listen. We obey. And so I want to touch on a couple things here. One is the tension that we feel. Anybody ever feel tension in the Christian life? It's because it's real. I mean, we really... The sin is something to overcome. The fear of death and all that that brings into our life, that's something we overcome. Satan, the devil, the schemes of the enemy is something that we overcome. You know, you get older and you go, I know that one. I learned that one in college. I know that one. I'm not going to do that. Right? So, that, I mean, that's part of, the, part of the journey. The battle is a very real battle. And we're not just saved from sin, we're saved into something. It's not just, a, it's not just saved from a negative, it's, it, you know, that just gets us back up on the road that we were on in the first place. God has this, that's like kind of, that's like A, B, the fall, C, D is salvation, we're back up on the road, but now it's up and to the right. Uh, a lot of theologians and writers have used this metaphor before. I don't use it today. It's like our salvation is it's comparable to the Israelites. They were in Egypt and in bondage, and then God you know, delivers them out of bondage. And they cross the Red Sea, and they could have done the two-week journey into the Promised Land, but through a series of bad decisions, right, they end up They end up wandering around in the desert for 40 years. 40 years to take a two-week journey. 
And it's kind of comparable. If you think about the promised land, it's like life, life in Jesus and life in fullness and life in victory and life in fruit and life in all that God has for us. And this wilderness kind of life is a bummer. It's kind of the, the carnal Christian life. And it's not what we're destined for. And Paul warns us about this in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, don't be like the Israelites who did the idolatry in the desert. Then they did the sexual immorality in the desert. Don't, don't do that. And then they, what else did they do? They grumbled and complained in the desert. Don't, don't do that. So by faith, we want to step into the promised land. The deal is, though, we know there's tension. There's tension. There's tension between believing and responding, between receiving what God has for us and responding to Him in love. There's tension between uh, trust and obey, right? Anybody feel this? So, you know, trust and obey. When I was a kid, we had a song we sang, and I don't know that we've, I don't know if there's a modern version of it, but trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. You know, and that's the, that's the tension. We all, we all feel it. We know what it's like. Or be and do. I like that one. Which one is it? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> be and do. Jesus, yes. Yes. And the answer, all these are yes. It's not one or the other. It's both and. All these are both and. Be and do. Sometimes I'm really in a be mode. And so I pull out that quote like, well, that's why we're human beings. We're not human doings. And I'm just... But you can't live there. You can't live there. We're actually made to do stuff. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we're made to be creative. We're made to not just sitting, you know, like there's, it's, contemplation is good. We need it. We need, I don't... Yeah. We need that, but we also need to, I, I, you know, we need to be doing. And then some of us are doers, and we're like, we overcook the do thing. We're, we don't, we're supposed to be two-cycle uh, mix, you know, right? And, but we don't have any oil. It's just gas. And, you know, we're laying beside the road somewhere. <clears throat> I don't, empty, empty. I don't think what I just did is good for my throat. <laughs> but it's identity, who we are in Christ. It's action. It's, it's faith and works. Which one is it? it? Yes. So think about it like this. If this is the mind of God on some of these things that are, they seem confusing or opposites to us, if this is the mind of God right here, faith and works, the closer we get to the heart of God on something, there's unity on these things. It's okay. You know, and G remember, Jesus Christ has done it all. And now I get to joyfully participate with him in everything that he's calling me to do and obey gladly. It's the best life. It's the best life. It's the life we were made for. In Galatians, you kind of follow the rest of this letter. After, and I love that verse. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. The life I live in the flesh, in the body, I live by faith 
in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. And one of the things he's saying, you know, that word there, in, is literally the Greek word in, sigma nu. And uh, it just means, it means in, or it means of, or it means by, you know, so faith of the Lord Jesus, faith by the Lord. I mean, all those are pretty good, they get to the heart of faith. That's why I said that main thing is faith in the faithfulness of Jesus. He's done it, but we activate our faith in believing in him and trusting him. That's how we live the victorious life. We're not passive observers. We're participants in the divine life of God. You've been made to be partakers in God's life. Not, in, not as God, but, but uh, p- p- participants. We get included and get to participate with him. So in Galatians, Paul goes on and, and just talking about this contrast, he says, you, Galatians, they were, trying to do, they were trying to reinstitute the law as a marker for them in Jesus Christ. And he's like, it doesn't work that way. You foolish Galatians. Galatians 3, verse 1. Who's bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit... Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? And he goes on and tells the story of the Israelites, that God came to this guy named Abram and made a promise, and you're going to be delivered and set free. And and, and this promise is so that you will become sons and daughters by faith in Jesus Christ. You're all sons, and, sons of God through faith. It doesn't matter, male, female, what your nationality is, what your ethnic background, if you're a slave or free, economic status, you're all one in Christ Jesus by faith. Isn't that, isn't that great? You've been baptized into him. That's what, he's, what he says there. And he says, it's in the sending of the son and in the sending of the spirit that we come to know what God's really like and are embraced into his family. We are adopted, and by his spirit, we say, Abba. Abba, Father. And so it's this incredible promise, this story that he unpacks there. He says, and now you've been given freedom, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Instead, live a life devoted to God. Live in the spirit, not in the flesh. And all those things that go, that look like the spirit, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all those things, let that be seen in and through you. And the end of this, he goes on and says, it's not about circumcision or uncircumcision. The end of the whole thing is new creation. Are you a new creation? And that's that new life. That's the victorious life. That's the, how we live the ongoing victory is faith in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. So, we all experience the tension. And the second piece that I want to just mention here this morning is, is the life that wins. Okay? And so who is the life that wins? Tricky theological question, and you don't know the answer. You're not sure exactly, and so you just say, Jesus. Absolutely right. There's only one person that can live the Christian life. It's Jesus Christ. And this is what I was touching on last week what I was touching on and telling the Hudson Taylor story, it's the exchanged life. It's that 
that he becomes our life. Christ lives in me. It's not, I remember years ago hearing somebody say, well, Galatians 2.20 is a, that's a verse for, uh, you know, Superman, Superwoman Christians. You know, that, that, that nobody can do that. But no, it's actually normative. This is how we live the life. We have, in fact, been crucified with Christ, and now we live our lives because of his life in us, by faith in his faithfulness, and we get to actually experience this ongoing victory in our lives. Paul, it's not a verse that's not relevant for us. It's radically relevant, and it's how we live the Christian life. Amen. Trusting, obeying, living by the life of Jesus Christ, living by the life of another. And I didn't say this first service, but I'm just going to pause here and say, this is exactly how Jesus showed us how to live. He only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what he heard the Father saying. Talk about listening to God and the importance of listening to God. Jesus only always did that. He listened to God all the time. That his life was an expression, an ongoing expression of what it looks like to listen to God. Prototype humanity, what humanity was supposed to look like, Jesus Christ. He lived by the life of his Father in the Spirit. And that's the life that we're called to live, the life that wins. Christ lives in me. For to me, to live is Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you'll appear with him in glory. Colossians 3, 4. You get the point. So I, I, I made a few points there from Galatians. Now turn back to Romans. Ten minutes, two entire letter surveys of the New Testament. Just kidding. My dad and the Lord, Don Finto, would tell me when we first started hanging out back in a long time ago. When I say dates like that, I just... I started thinking about how many people weren't born. It's awkward. But Don would say to me, Jamie, get Romans 1 to 8. Get Romans 1 to 8. That's, that's the life right there. And especially Romans 5 to 8. You get that? You can, you can go a long way in the Christian life. And so last week, you know, we, we talked about the cross, the resurrection. Verse 8. God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, verses 9, 10, and 11. Let's read those together. Since now we've been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Now, just, just a quick word here. What Paul's emphasizing is, if we're justified by the blood of Jesus, if we're made right through the death of Jesus and saved from his wrath, and always think, when you think wrath, think about a father, not just some guy that's out on the street brawling around and angry, but a father. Jesus' primary revelation of the Father God is Father. I'm the Son, He's the Father, our shared love and anointing in the Holy Spirit. That's the revelation that Jesus brings. There's not a greater, you, no one has a greater revelation than the revelation of God in Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit. That is the truth. 
So everything's got to be run through that, that filter. So God's a father. And so wrath then is like, it's the father watching his sons and daughters, watching humanity self-destruct. And wrath is the no from heaven of the cross. No, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let humanity destruct into nothingness. I'm not going to let it happen. And so the cross is God's answer to our sin and brokenness. It's it's the the Adam that we talked about last week being replaced by the second Adam who undoes what Adam does and brings about the victory of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, So if we're justified by his blood and made right through the death of his son, how much more are we going to experience life through his life in us? This is the victory. I'm preaching better than people are getting it. It's like this is, this is life changing. It will absolutely revolutionize your life to understand that Jesus Christ is alive in me. By the power of the spirit, he's alive in me. And so he goes on in Romans 5. We talked about that stuff that that second Adam replaces the first Adam so that we can reign in life. We talked about we've been crucified with Christ. We no longer live, but but we're alive to God in Jesus Christ. We are actually, he says in Romans 6, 6, we know that our old self was crucified with Christ on the cross. And so there's this, this dying, and baptism represents this. There's a baptistry if you can't see it in the back. But it represents this. We died with Christ and we're raised to live a new life. And so we now count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus and in righteousness. Romans 7, anybody identify with Romans 7? Can I get a few more witnesses than four? Romans 7, I mean, who doesn't know what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I end up doing. I did it again. I did it again. Doggone it, I did it again. And what he says here in, in, Romans, in Romans 7 is that we are, it's like we're wedded to the flesh. It's like we're in a, a relationship with the flesh, you know? And it's through the death that that, that that relationship is ended. You know, just like the marriage picture is, it's, it's through death that someone now enters into another relationship. And so, so there's this, this um, There's this victory that God promises us through our Lord Jesus because he died, we died. Because he's raised, we're raised. And so now, Romans 8, 1 and 2, there's a whole new deal going on. Romans 8, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of sin and death it's just, it's real. We all feel it. And any of us can wake up to it and live out loud in it, right? So the law of sin and death, it's like gravity. And nobody's flying up. We're all functioning under the law of gravity, right? But the law of the spirit and life is a more powerful law. It's like the law of, the, uh, law of aerodynamics, you know, a plane goes up. It's a miracle. It's just crazy. It's not a miracle, but it's, there's physics involved. But it's just, it's amazing. There you are, and we're flying through the air. Everybody's flown, right? And you could open the door. You'd be arrested. But you could open the door and step out into this other law that's at work. And any of us can do that at any point in time. Is this illustration working? 
So we've got a new law that's at work in us. And so now, the more we set our minds on the Spirit, Lord Jesus, control me. Have your way in me. I submit. I bow my knee. Have your way. You are the treasure of my life. There's not a greater treasure. The more we do that, Romans 8, 6 says, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life. And it's peace. And I remember, I don't know, 20 years ago, I came to a point in time where I saw that verse and realized there's some wisdom there for making decisions in life. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. And so I'd stand at the crossroads and I'd remember this verse and go, it doesn't always mean that life and peace means no problems, but it's life and it's, it's the life in the Spirit. It's, the li- it's this new law that's at work in me that's leading me and how to live and how to do how to do the life. And so you roll on through the rest of eight, and again, you've got the spirit that we receive is a spirit of sonship by which we proclaim Father, Abba, Daddy. And even the the creation around us is longing for this to happen in us. It's a wild thing. Like that Brian, Ashley, Paul, Kristen, all around the room would be people that are living this way. And the Spirit is interceding with groans that we can't even understand that this would happen. And that our destiny, predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son of God, that's our destiny. And there's nothing that's going to stop us. We are overcomers. We are more than conquerors. You know, if God is for us and didn't even, he, he didn't even withhold His Son from us, how much more are we going to know victory over all those things that we think make this make us anxious, right? Sin, death, angels, uh, angels, demons, nothing in all of creation is going to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Wow, that's, that's some good news. And so on this journey, though, this ongoing victory, we're going to experience tension. There's just no way around it. We're going to experience the tension of faith and obedience, trust, obey, uh, sin and death and flesh and spirit and all those, all those things. And so what I want to encourage us to do is to, uh, I mean, do I need to rest in the truth of, of who God says I am? Yes. Do I need to respond and be aggressive and go out and press into God and practice spiritual disciplines and worship and pray? Which one? Yes. I mean, it's both, right? Do, do I need to just rest in the truth of who God says that I am? Yes. Do I need to come down and get prayer and help, some, get some help from other people to help me make it on the journey? Yes. You know, one of the things I did about 20, actually, I think it was 20 years ago, was I wrote down my daily expectations. And I want to just go through these again this morning because it's like, as I was reading these, even this morning, it's like, man, you know, some of this stuff I'm getting, I've, I've seen happen over time, just getting to see it happen. And the reason I did this was uh, I had, anybody ever heard of Zig Ziglar, older people? <laughs> Zig Ziglar, real positive mental attitude guy. And he'd had this statement that you, he said, now read this and go into the mirror and look and smile at yourself. And you're somebody, you're, you're gonna, you're positive, you know, you're, all that. And so... I thought, you know, I'm going to like write up my own stuff about what God, who God says I am in Jesus. And I'm going to march in there and say that stuff to myself so that I would hear me saying who I am in Christ. 
So we'll post this on the website. It goes like this. By God's grace, Jesus Christ came into the midst of my darkness when I, fill in the blank, there's a blank there, Jamie Miller, Tiffany Guild, could do nothing to save myself. In Jesus Christ, I see the triune, relational God of love, fulfilling his eternal plan to adopt me into his family. Jesus is the greatest treasure in all of life. And every day is an opportunity to know, experience, and express God's glorious love found in and through Jesus Christ. God is most glorified and honored in my life as I find my greatest satisfaction in all that he is for me in Christ Jesus. And so today, I'm looking to Jesus. I expect to abide in Christ, to talk with him, to listen and obey his word, to live a life of love. I'm loved by my Father in heaven more than I can understand. The Father, the Father's love is the nonstop, infinite Niagara that is always directed toward me and covering me. There's no success so high or failure so low that can separate me from his love. And so I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I am a wholehearted lover of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have been born again, and now I live by his life in me. I will fellowship with the Lord and continually practice his presence. I'm destined to be conformed to the image of Christ. I'm focused on Christ. I desire Christ to become like Christ. I expect to find my identity, acceptance, significance, security, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. I expect my character and thoughts and actions to reflect him. I'm a man of integrity and purity. Again, imagine yourself looking into the mirror saying this. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He is Lord of my family, my ministry, my relationships, my money, and my time. For me, my very life means Christ. I'm filled and empowered by God's Spirit, and I expect to keep on continually being filled with the Spirit, resulting in a life of worship, thanksgiving, daily submission, and lasting fruit. I expect God's power to be released in my life for salvation, healing, deliverance, and hope. I expect to see the fruit of the Spirit growing and the gifts of the Spirit operating in my life. I'm filled with faith and hope in God. The promises of the Bible are very real to me. I expect to receive light from God's Word today. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Therefore, here it is, I'm positive and enthusiastic. So I still got it in there, but I built it on a whole lot of Jesus, right? And I... So I want to be positive. I, I, it's, hard, it's hard to stay stuck in a rut when this is who we are in Jesus Christ. Like, no, it's not ever going to get better. It's just, it's going to be bad. It's going to stay bad forever. No, I, we're positive, enthusiastic because of Jesus. I'm excited about what God has done in my life in the past and will do in the future. I'm grateful for the many opportunities life presents. My life is a signpost creatively pointing to the reality of Jesus, his kingdom, and the new heavens and the new earth, the way things should and will be. By God's grace, I am an overcomer. I expect to grow through every trial, knowing that God will give me the grace to persevere. I expect to finish the race strong. I expect to see answered prayer. I expect to see God's kingdom come. I am victorious over Satan because Christ is victorious over Satan, and I am in Christ. I'm committed to learning and growing. I expect to be aggressive in worship, 
prayer, seeking and saving the lost, unity, and fighting the good fight of faith. And finally, I expect to see the church grow and multiply. I expect my life to make a difference for the cause of Christ. I expect to serve God's purpose in my generation. And finally, I will live knowing the brevity of this life, and I will live with eyes that are filled with eternity. All this I will do only by God's grace and to His glory. Here's the deal. You know, just what we are setting our eyes on, what we are believing God for, it really is where we're headed in life. And I want to just, anybody, like you don't have to put that many words down, but who are you? What has God said that you are? What's going to empower you to live this life out? And not just, you know, just back here, I'm saved, but I want to live this life out in increasing measures of His fullness, His reign, His kingdom, His spirit, His love, His life, His power, His goodness, His radiance, His joy, His peace. I, I want, I, just Lord, do all of that. And then Lord, would you just baptize my brothers and sisters in your life in such a way that it would absolutely radiate from them as well? Which one is it? Is it resting? Or is it pressing in? It's both, right? It's both. So stand up. Let's respond to the Lord. <coughs> Backwards. Okay. So ministry team, come on up. And this is, this is one of those messages, it's like, is it rest? It may be for you today. Just rest in the truth of God. But a lot of times, I mean, we only get to do this once a week in this context, and so a lot of times it's just press in. Don't miss the opportunity to press in for whatever the next piece of God's victory is in your life. It's the ongoing victory of Jesus. That's where we want to walk. That's where we want to be. And we can be passive about that or we can press in. And doesn't, I mean, the front's going to fill up, but press in with people that you came with. Say, man, I want this. I, I want to grow. I want that kind of focus and change. And I want to see my life make a difference for God in this generation that he's called us to live in. So Father, would you meet us here today? And I pray, Lord, for every single person, if there's a decision that needs to be made to follow Jesus Christ, or like Hudson Taylor, Lord, there's a decision that needs to be made to trust you to be our very life, where, you would, where we would experience the exchanged life and the fullness of your Spirit's work in us, that we would abide in you, and rivers of living water would flow from within us because of your life, because of your Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Hey guys, whatever your need is, God's bigger. God's bigger than every mountain you're facing and he wants to bring victory. It may not always look in the right timing and all those kinds of things like we want, but be aggressive and be bold. Press into God here and expect God to move right now in this time. In Jesus' name. Let's go for it.